This is Wired Up. With Matt Kennedy and Jerry Peralta. On KMSA 91.3. I, uh don't necessarily have a definitive feeling with how I should be feeling. Does that make any sense? No. No. It yeah, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But, but I mean, it that is... That makes the, zero sense in case you didn't fir- hear that. It's the first week of school, so... I don't have a definitive feeling with how I should be feeling. I am so confused right now. I feel like I'm in a lecture right now. I don't understand anything I'm being told. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big, fat question mark hanging above our heads. And when it comes to Denver sports... We don't necessarily know how we should be feeling. I th- this is almost the exact same rant that I had. I think it was almost the last show of la- of the twenty nineteen spring semester. So la- so last spring. Oh, when we were about to, when year, we were getting into we were talking about like the Rockies. state. Of, we were talking about the state of Colorado sports. I said I don't know how I should be feeling, and and honestly, that feeling hasn't changed. It has not changed whatsoever when it comes to the state of Colorado sports. Who's a winner? We think we got some winners. We're like, yeah, yes. Nobody's yes. a winner. Po- <laughs> We're all losers. <laughs> Possibly, maybe we can win. And then the other half is like, there's, there's, there's no way that we can actually see ourselves winning because it hasn't been done before. The two teams that have any potential to win, one of them has only done it, while the other one has failed us endless amount of times you know like i didn't i didn't i grew up watching the denver nuggets you know uh alan iverson carmelo anthony uh jr smith chauncey billups marcus canby wilson chandler danilo gallinari yeah gallinari was yeah like the gallinari era mm. was the end of like that mediocre era now we're in now we're in the, the nikola Jokic era and it's an era that ha- that has the most potential out of I think any Denver Nuggets team in the last two centuries, in two centuries, <laughs> two decades to win a championship. I mean, dang, Matt, we're really old if it's two centuries. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Kennedy, Jared Peralta, Josh Coleman, 913 FM, came and say music for the CMU Mavericks. This is Wired Up. And yes, Colorado Sports is what we're talking today for the first 20 ish minutes or so. Denver Nuggets play the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. Zion Williamson. I really hope it's not the Zion show tonight. I mean, he was great in his debut. He was yeah, fantastic. He was great he, in the fourth quarter in his debut. Yeah, it was a great memory. Great I, highlight. I mean, I mean, it took a, it took him a minute, but I feel like he he found his he found his stride. Let's get an email. What was that? Is that, that you? Was that, that was, me? No, that was our uh, KMSA computer. Oh, We're, we have to update it. I think we've got to update a lot of things in this studio. Yeah. Well, either way. No. Yeah. Zion. He, yeah, it was towards the end of the game, but I mean, he still played remarkably well, and considering. We haven't seen him for half of the year already. And for him to come out and at least play the way he did, even if it was at the very end, still pretty impressive. The state of Colorado sports, let me just get this out of the way because I got it on my notes. It's, it's a lot of words I typed up. So I might as well give you the scenario, then we'll kind of talk about the Nuggets and what their situation is. The Denver, the, the Denver Broncos are not winning any Super Bowls for a couple more years, hopefully. Yep. It's their best bet if they got lucky. The Colorado Rockies are in the stoops where the best player will likely go the entire season if he even gets to that point without talking to his GM, who, by the way, has no plans to adding to his less-than-average roster in free agency. Mm-hmm. The Avs were once the best team in the West but have lost crucial games to other teams in the same division. They're still number two. I'm just getting to it, Jerry. And we're six we'll, we'll points behind. <laughs> we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So it falls to the boys in gold. The injury plagued Nuggets face off against the number one pick of this last of this year's draft, or last year's draft, Zion Williamson, who is coming off of an electric debut where he scored 17 of his 22 points in the span of three minutes, going four for four from three. The Nuggets are without Jamal Murray, hopefully not Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, and potentially Michael Porter Jr., who is questionable for tonight's game with some back tightness, along with Gary Harris, who is looking to come back tonight. He's listed as questionable as well. 
Nikola Jokic cannot do it on his own, and sadly, he hasn't picked up the slack. This team needs their starters back to win games. We've seen them at their full strength, and they are very, very good at their full strength. Guys, at the beginning of the year, we said how the Denver Nuggets have the best bench and best young core in the entire NBA. But you know what? I don't like seeing bench players const- uh, consistently starting games. That's why they're called bench players. Well, and it's also affecting the way we're going into games because we're using these bench players, but they're not... These guys aren't, they don't have the, the not talent, I would say, they don't have the ability to really play the start starting lineup. The Nuggets right now, they're they, they in a situation where this, their backups are doing the best they can, but it hits a point for them. In, in most of the games that I've been paying close attention to, anytime that these guys go down double digits, whether that's going down in the first quarter, the half, they never seem to find a way to bounce back. And you, if you got guys like Monty Morris who, you know, you had high aspirations for coming in, you know, for him to play, be that big guy who was averaging high, you know, high numbers a game last season. He's not doing that this season. He's still being productive, but he's not being up there to the point where we need him. The Nuggets really need to call upon – I. And they either need to pick up in a free agency or they need to make a trade. But right now, until they get their starters back, the, these the these bench players are not going to help the situation. Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you how you would feel about this proposition if the Nuggets went out and got this guy. I I talked to Jerry about it before the show, before you arrived. But to me, it feels like the Nuggets need another piece, whether it's a big man down low who can kind of control the paint. Bubble. No. <laughs> no. No, trust me, Matt. No. I had this talk with Josh uh, before you came anyway, too. So and I'm and not even gonna I'm not even gonna bring Bobo up. We're not even gonna bring it up. I, I'm not the happiest with the pick of Bobo, but I'm not You'll see. the most upset. You'll see. He's got it. well, that's why I was Indifferent is because I knew it was going to be three years before he was going to make any sort of impact on this roster. Yeah, but there's uh, this 38 year old uh, baller in free agency who nobody signed. His baller, name's Jamal says. Crawford. How would you Gosh. feel if the Nuggets went out and got a guy like Jamal Crawford? Because I'd love it because he can ki- he can hold his own. He's a veteran. He's a good guy in the locker room, but he can score. Off the bounce in the pick and roll, he would fit in our offense because he's played in places. Thirty nine, Josh. Thirty. Okay. My well. gosh, he's thirty nine. He's about to be That's forty the- in March. Yeah. Don't the Celtics have a guy who's played in several decades of who's played in a couple decades of basketball? Who am I thinking of right now? You're thinking, You're of, thinking Vince of Vince Carter. Carter. He plays go. for the Hawks, by the, the Hawks. way. I, I played in four de- separate, uh, separate decades. I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal Crawford has played in at least three. <laughs> three yeah. I think but no, but Jamal Crawford's still good. He, and I'm not saying he is going to be a starter. But if you put him in that sixth man, seventh man role and you play him 20, 25 minutes a night, he can come in and get you good numbers, good um, a good amount of points. But he's going to be a good guy in the locker room to kind of help mentor P.J. Dozier, Monte Morris. He's going to be a good person to have when it's all said and done because he will help the growth of all of our youth. And that's kind of why I'm with it. The only person who I can see being that guy, I mean, I I think with everything that you're saying when it comes to veteran presence, by the way, that's a horrible they should not get Jamal Crawford. He's about to come 40. There's no way you're going to win a championship. I, just, I love times. the well, way We're how... not going to win a championship anyway this year. Oh, it's hey, about no, hey, hey, hey. Matt, Matt let, let's be real here. Like, then, no. why would, then why would you get a guy who's about to be 40 and, and look to have him for, what, how long? Six months? What, like, is, what is that about? A few months. A year? It's about the growth of your nuggets young players already, nuggets, nuggets already have that veteran presence, and that is Paul Millsap, okay? He's, he's you the, need more than one guy, though. He's the oldest guy in the roster. That's why, that's why you trade for a guy who I think they should have been been trading for earlier and they may be playing him tonight is JJ Reddick from the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay, this guy's gonna give him up though. You trade Malik Beasley, Mason Plumley, and probably a third round pick. And you How about Derrick Rose? He's being shopped. <laughs> I'm not gonna play that. I said the I, same thing about Isaiah Thomas for when we got him, but yeah. Oh, I mean, come on. Derrick Rose is playing some of the best basketball in his career, and when we got Isaiah Thomas, it was uh, hey, maybe he'll be all right. The Pelicans. 
necessarily kind of have the same situation the Nuggets have right now, a young core who have potential, and they got a couple stars on the roster in, uh, in Ball and Zion Williamson. J.J. Redick has been that veteran presence, Brandon and he's been Ingram's. an ample shooting figure off the bench this year. Nuggets need that guy they can go to on a consistent basis because guys like Will Barton have been forced to start. I think J.J. Redick would be excellent with the trade deadline coming up. But, yeah, Josh, let's talk about the trade exactly. The Nuggets are without Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, Mason Plumlee, et cetera, and guys like Monty Morris, Malik Beasley, and Juancho Herman Gomez have been forced to pick up the slack. And honestly, in my honest opinion, honestly, in my honest opinion, that was just, <laughs> what was that, dude? It's okay. It's okay. Just just continue. This is as honest keep, as I could be. Just continue. They haven't necessarily <laughs> done their best job, especially especially Monty Morris. I think they should be trading him before the trade deadline comes to fruition. The Nuggets need to be making a move. Before they yes. do, they need to get people healthy because the fact that they're not healthy, they're forcing these guys who they want to trade around to play right now. And it's giving other teams a chance to see <laughs> that they get acts that they have weaknesses, you know? And when you're forcing them into starting spots, they haven't performed as well as they think you could. I mean, you, you get this last game against the Rockets, who, by the way, deserve to win that game. We were not up to par. And when you play guys like P.J. Dozer and Jared Vanderbilt, who, by the way, are G League superstars but are not not formidable starters in the NBA. Jared was not supposed to be playing that night. Uh, uh, Michael Porter before the game was like, hey, my back's tight. And they're like, oh, Jared, how do you feel about starting in the NBA today? Even though he didn't start. He played eight minutes. But those two who have bright futures in this league, I don't want to see them as much this year. P.J. has been forced to step up because Jamal Murray and Gary Harris have been gone. And the the eyes have been turned to MPJ. And he was out too. So we've been using our reserve reserve guys who are still very talented. They still put over 100 points, and I think five guys scored 10-plus points. Mm -hmm. Nicole Jokic should have put up 30-plus to win that game. They did not. This team is slacking when it comes to their depth, and their depth has not stepped up. We need our guys back. We need Jamal Murray back. We need Paul Millsap back. So tonight, I think it should be the MPJ versus the Zion show. We deserve that. We deserve that as NBA fans. I'm excited if they both play more than 15 uh, minutes. I don't think that's going to happen. I think if, Zion's no, probably not. If MPJ plays today, too. Yeah, his... They haven't said. He's still I'll, questionable. I'll, well, have you? Is, is, is you checking right now? He, it's Nuggets right now. Right now, his status is still day to day. The game starts. The game starts at what? Seven. Uh, six. Six. Frick. <laughs> We're probably not going to know until thirty minutes before game time whether yeah. he's going to be playing or well, not. And if you're Alvin Gentry, why would you play Zion Williamson that much? It's his second game back. He's definitely not in game shape. And, like, it, there's no reason for him to play an excessive amount of minutes. I just want to see Zion, dude. I know you do. I just want to see too, Zion. But I also want to see Zion for the next 10 years. And if they... I want to see Zion shoot threes. They was, I was so surprised, dude. <laughs> oh, I get, my, oh, man. I audibly remember just going, oh, my gosh, after he made his, I think, third in a row. Mm. I was like, this. he's never shot this well. He never. He didn't have a game at Duke. Where he shot, where he shot that well, yeah, well, yeah, but he he didn't have to play a game like that at Duke. He just had to charge up to the basket half the time. I know, but he still shot. He hasn't been able to do that like the last that. two months. Yeah. You know, his his knees have been messed up, and he's like, "Hey, I'll just practice my jump shot." And then showed, dude. Good on you, Zion. A lot of practice paid off, and uh, I think he missed a free throw though. Sucks. To he did. Even though he's, he's only a really he probably, good he's, he's a horrible free throw shooter though. Yeah, but he's been practicing a lot. Probably still better than well, us. Well. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> but that I mean, that's comparing a bunch of guys who uh, don't play basketball very often. I used to. I don't know if you guys did, but th that's comparing like one of the best to. It's average. You remember the show, a the Pros versus Average Joes, or whatever it was. I think something like that. Yeah, that's basically what you just did, right there, Jerry. What, Jared. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking up. Sorry, I'm looking up all the beat guys and see if they've reported anything on MPJ for tonight, because he's still our go-to. And same thing with Gary Harris; he's not reported to be playing tonight as well. They're both listed as questionable. Well, I mean, and you you talk about this game being a big one, especially considering you know it's going to be Zion. It's going to be the first time they're going to match up against Zion. But looking forward from the for the rest of January, they have. These last three games are the most important ones, and this is where we're going to really see the the medal of the Nuggets, and that's going to be on Sunday against Houston. Oh, Michael Porter Jr. is active tonight. Okay, so good. We, so we will see that. 
Mike Singer reported. Great. Anyway, going back to my point, they got they're gonna be playing Houston on Sunday, so almost right after they lost big to Houston, they gotta play them again. But this time they'll be here in Denver. They gotta go to Memphis uh on the following Tuesday, and then next Thursday they gotta play they gotta play the Jazz and then go to Milwaukee. This is these those games are really going to be the make or break for the Nuggets on whether or not a they they can make the playoffs. That's not the question here. It it's it's if a, they're going to be a four seed or a one seed. Yeah, two seed. They're not getting. We're the one not seed. getting the one. Lakers can slip. You never know. They're not. They're not getting the one. You they're, never know, dude. I'm just being optimistic. And then if the hey. Lakers don't get it, we got the Clippers. Find two or four seed. And then they're the Jazz have a better four. record than we do right now. Like they're these these games game. these Half games game. are going to be either regardless they are the biggest games probably going to grow of the season for the Nuggets and it's going to show whether they can be a championship caliber team and I feel just as far as this season goes you know the the say the saying that playoffs are a different monster in sports is that's that's right on the money because anything can happen in the playoffs I just feel that right now if the Nuggets were to make the playoffs regardless of if they're two seed or the four seed or whichever seed they get, they're just, they're going to have the same difficulty that we saw last season in the playoffs where they had to play seven games against San Antonio. And then they had to play seven games against Portland. And I feel like that's going to be the same thing we're going to see again. And if you're the nuggets, you can't afford to be going seven games for each, for each round. Nuggets need their guys. They've had so many back-to-backs this last month. I believe this is going to be their eighth game in the span of 13 days or 14 days, which is insane. If you're Mike Malone, by the way, Malone says Gary Harris is probably a go for tonight. We don't know how many minutes he's going to play. He has not played in a – he's missed seven games this year due to this injury. Uh, Nikola Jokic has played and started all 44. He's been pretty quiet, though, 19.4 points per game. It leads the team. He also leads the team in rebounds with 10 even and he leads the team in assists with 6.4 he needs to step it up uh he missed out on the all-star starters anthony davis got the start over him but he still is voted as the only nuggets all-star this year looking for the nuggets need to win this next couple of games they need paul Millsap back and they need jamal murray back get that ankle right boy those two have um non-formidable timetables whatever that means mason Plumley's out for two to four weeks and Millsap, who's out with a knee injury, I believe. And Jamal, of course, has his sprained ankle, which was a bad, bad sprain, by the way. I mean, that thing had to be purple and blue and black all oh, over. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Good. I got a question for you. Of We've been talking about trades with the Nuggets and whether I think we should go get a guy who can score. Or this one is dealing with the interior mm-hmm. of these are I picked four guys who we would not have to give up almost anything to get, but they're good presences in the middle and they help with rebounding and controlling the paint defensively. They may not go score a bunch for you, but how would you feel if the Nuggets went out and got guys like a guy like Bismack Biombo, Nerlens Noel, Tony Bradley, or Taj Gibson? The, uh, the last one is the only one I'm like, uh, him and Tony Bradley. I, I, the, those are the last the ones one. Are, the, the last one and uh, Biz, Bismarck Biombo have me kind of. Bismarck Biombo is an absolute monster. <laughs> Occ- so sure occasionally, but I mean, I honestly, I, I don't think it's worth to go out and get him. Yeah, but the the Nuggets don't need somebody to come they in need, and they need another four. They need another shooting guard. Yes. The Jimma Bajaleka from the Thunder and probably Bogan. Bonakovic from the Kings have Bogdan, also been Bogdanovich. Yeah, Bogdanovich. I can't freaking. I can't never. I never know how to pronounce his name. I don't know how to say his first name. I think it's like Bogdan or something. Yeah, Bogdan. 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 Whatever. Nuggets need a a better power forward at this point. All of those guys can slide into the four. I agree, and and hopefully they will they'll pull the trigger. But in order to get to that point, they got to get their guys healthy so they feel comfortable making a trade. Because until that point, they're like, hey, we need we need these guys to still play for us. Because you can't just bring in a guy, have him start right away, play 30 minutes a game, and expect productive numbers out of him. No, but I don't think the Nuggets would go out and try to do that. I don't think that no, they don't think really need somebody to 
they need so many different things. A guard, we still need small forward help, which I think has been our biggest issue for the last 10 years. But yeah, like we, they just need somebody to go in and help, whether it's at the interior and all of those guys, Bismack Biombo, the only reason he's on this list is because he's such a presence inside rebounding and defensively. I didn't put him on here because he's going to come in and get you 20 points a game. I put him on here because he's going to get you 10 rebounds a game and probably two blocks, which we don't have at, for the Nuggets. I mean, that that is true. They don't have an intimidating paint presence, somebody who's going to block you on almost every shot, which you would get with Nerlens Noel or well, Bismarck. Yeah, but, if, but if you're looking at the Nuggets' falters, yeah, you, the paint is their biggest issue, but they, they have the... They have the toughest time guarding outside of the arc. Be- you got a tough time guarding the, people. The defense in general is just not what we is not what we would want. As Matt shows funny videos. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> scrolling through Twitter looking for Nuggets news, and I got a uh, like a Scott Sterling ish video. <laughs> Sorry, oh. it's just a kid get hit hit in the face twice with the volleyball. <laughs> I'm going to share it on Twitter. <laughs> I'm going to retweet that. <laughs> to kind of transition here, because since we're talking about the state of sports here in Colorado, and we were kind of... The Nuggets got the fate of the Denver sports resting on the shoulders right now. I don't think so. The Nuggets okay. have the fate the of the Nug- sports resting on the shoulders. I would say... I'm with Jerry. Okay, yeah, you could say the Nuggets have the fate, but I don't, I'm, I'm not going to put it all in the Nuggets. I feel when it comes to our winter sports teams... The Avalanche and the Nuggets are, are the is Colorado's best chance well, at even. Well, yeah, Jerry, the, the Avs only, are the, the best chance. I'm just gonna switch that for you. The Avs are not the best chance right now. Who, okay, okay, the, okay. Hold on, no. The, realistically, in the playoffs, the Nuggets are gonna be the Lakers, the Clippers. The Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. You really think that they're going to yes. do that? Yes. I, I have no faith. They've I've already been, been a the Nuggets Lakers fan once this season. Life. I think in a seven-game series, the Nuggets win against the Lakers. Same I thing don't. with the Clippers as well. No. no. I think so. No. Yes, definitely. At full strength, 100% Jamal Murray yeah, puts up 20 points a game. Nikola Jokic in playoff form with what he did last year doing the exact same thing. 23 points a game. 10-plus rebounds, 7-plus assists, and then you got guys like Will Barton and Paul Millsap back again and and Michael Porter Jr. after a full season of excellent basketball as a starter, at least with, for the last month of basketball. He's going he's gonna to start. He, well, no, he's going to start that's this not, month. That's he's going to start this month. But there's no guarantee that those guys are going to remain healthy going that's through why the I'm playoffs. Saying at, this is, um, that's, this why I'm is saying, gonna... that's why I'm saying at full strength, Nuggets beat the Lakers and the Clippers in seven-game series, as and, well as the Jets. Okay. Yeah, but, that's, at, but that's, good. that's your big if, though, is if they are at full strength. We on. won't know what's going to happen come the end of the season. At full strength in the playoffs, the Clippers will have – Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, not on minute restrictions, playing every night, realistically 35 minutes a night. Both those guys can put up 25 each a night. And That's true. Playoff, 10 rebounds, playoff, 10 playoff, assists. Playoff Kawhi is a different animal. Exactly. And yeah. then they still have Lou Will. And you know the Lakers and the Clippers are both going to make big moves at the deadline because they are, right now, both those teams, it's championship or bust. And the Nuggets, it kind of feels like that. But, but it's, it's not. not. But it's not the same kind of intensity. And then... And then uh, just to kind of throw abs, out another... I, I just think the NHL is just the... It's not easier to win, but it's the more unpredictable league. And you never see the same people in the championship multiple times in a row. And for the last, basically, to, to 10 years, LeBron James has been in the championship every year but last year. Yeah, and I'm also going to throw this one out there. Just, to, just for the Nuggets... Discounting the Lakers and the Clippers, just to th- not even talk about them. You still have the Jazz, who are big time contenders. Better. Even the Mavericks, with a guy like Luka Donk, uh, excuse me, Luka Doncic. Yeah, God, I cannot say his last name. Doncic. There you go. They are formidable opponents. I and even just be, they may be last in the seating, but San Antonio is always a scary team to play in the playoffs because Popovich. And, he, and I'm going to quote Josh here. He has played every coach in the league several times. He's under, he's start, he now un, he understands what every coach is probably going to be able to going to be able to bring to the playoff series. And he knows 
how his team can perform. So, And he's been in this situation several times. And he's the, coached a lot of the really, really good players with USA Basketball. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, and and the Avs, yeah, in your notes, they dropped the four game. They lo- dropped four, two to New two to New York, but those were r- relatively close games. They it's not like this. they got blown out, and but then they had to go play Pittsburgh and Dallas, which they lost in overtime. But they bounced back and they beat teams like San Jose, St. Louis, and San Jose is the is the team that knocked them out. Okay, last Jerry. Okay, year. it's been at least three minutes that I have not said a word. Okay, all right. <laughs> All right. Jeez, I thought my ran was of 20 seconds was long. Denver Nuggets are the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Okay, one game behind the Utah Jazz, who are the second seed, and 5.5 games behind the Lakers, who are the number one seed with a 36-9 and nine record. Nuggets are sitting at 30-14. and 14. They are 6-4 and four in the last 10 games. Utah Jazz, a very impressive 9-1 in the last 10 games. Games. Donovan Mitchell has been outstanding, as well as everybody else, the supporting cast on the Utah Jazz. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Nuggets at full strength. They're six and four in the last ten games without seven of their nine top scores. Okay, six and four, not bad against very good teams. I think that last game against Houston Rockets was the worst performance they've had because they, again, were missing seven of the nine leading scores, and they missed out against Michael Porter Jr., who was the number four guy and was forced to be the number one guy, and now you. Got, got what PJ Dozer being one of your top hey, scores. PJ, it's not he's never gonna be a like a star. I like but PJ. PJ is a very valuable player to have on a roster, especially as he grows. I, I agree. Because I agree. we all I'm watched very, it happen. I'm very very high on PJ Dozer, but I don't him. I don't want him trying to put up Jamal Murray numbers because no, he can't. Right he can't. No. We need, to, well, we need yeah, Jamal Murray. He, he won't be able to for the. Uh, this is what second year in the league, right? Third. Six. He won't be able. He won't Second, be able to do so until, like, his fifth, sixth year. Let me look. Like, it's going to take some time for him. Playoffs are, l- what, less than two, three months away? Yes. Three months away. Three April. months away, yeah. And you got the whole second half of the season. The, the All-Star break isn't even here yet. Nuggets in the second half of the year, they win 55 games. They got the second seed, possibly the third seed, at worst the fourth seed. They're not getting worse than the fifth seed. I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are going to be making a comeback against Nuggets. Uh, Probably not. Face off against the Nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks in a five-game series. Nuggets take it nine times out of ten. I will, I will give you that we beat the Mavericks. Gosh, and they, and you, you didn't have to put such a harsh period at the end of that. <laughs> at, the, at the end of that sentence. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, we oh, beat are you the we, continue, we beat Josh? the Utah Jazz. And we beat the LA Clippers in a seven-game series, and I'm not going to retract my statement that we beat the Lakers in a seven-game series as well. Okay. I said that at the beginning of the year, and I say that now, knowing full confidence nope. what this team can do at full strength in playoff form when they know what's on the line. Okay, this team necessarily has not hit their hot stride this year. Nope. Injuries have plagued them from doing that, and when Nicole Yoke does, does not have his supporting cast. He's not. He's not. He's not himself. He's not himself. Well, yeah. Well, and Jokic hasn't really been himself all year, even with that supporting cast. Like he hasn't really had the same kind of impact that he did last year. And I think it's because last year he kind of, kind of burst onto the scene, really uh, in, inserted himself into that superstar conversation. So I think it was more last year we saw those eye popping numbers because teams didn't know exactly how to defend him, and now that you have. They've had the whole year and some and the offseason to look at some film and see exactly what he does very well. It's a m- much easier task to defend him because he isn't explosively athletic. He does he can't beat you in so many different ways. He just does what he can beat you at so well, if well, that makes sense. And, and Joe Kick this season has had the tendency to be a lot more in foul trouble he he's really he's cleaned it up a little bit going in towards going into the middle of the season but i mean yeah i can agree if he doesn't have his supporting cast he does he is not able to perform at his best but i i think going into the playoffs yeah the nuggets could probably beat the jazz and the clippers in a seven game series the lakers are just too the, the Lakers are too much of a coin toss for me. Starting five tonight for the Denver Nuggets. They just released it. Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, Nicole Jokic, Will Barton, and Gary Harris are the starting five tonight. A much better fighting uh, starting five than what we've seen. Simply add Gary Harris back, and we'll see how that dynamic is for the Nuggets tonight. They kick off, tip off against the New Orleans Pelicans 
at 6 p.m. from the Smoothie King Center in so, NOLA. So who's running the point then? Does that mean Gary's running the point? I think Gary would be running the point if he's... Because I know Gary. him and Will can be primary ball handlers, but... It'll be Gary. I think it'll be, I, Gary. It'll, it'll be Gary. Usually Gary will be the point guy at this point. I want to see Monte Morris play well. He did it. He played so well last year. But I, I think that's another Nate. That's another guy who, like you were saying, Josh, we, we got, saw him. All right, we got, we got to go to commercial break. It's it's five thirty. We have we don't do commercials. Dang it, Terry. <laughs> Dang it. Let me let Let's me end on this point. Monte Morris is. I'm just gonna end closing off of what Josh said. You know, he is Monte Morris is another guy who we saw kind of not break out into the All Star category, but he was a guy who did come in and perform at the top and played at the top of his league last season and it's probably it's probably taking a turn just because we we saw those numbers go up the way they did but he probably won't be able to produce those numbers the same way he did when we come back super bowl 54 preview and i'm going to tell you why the 49ers should be winning this game because chiefs should not <laughs> go broncos just kidding matt kennedy jared proto dogs coming to up and mud in 95 I helped tow your moving trailer in 05 I helped you get out of a ditch yeah I know I'm a bit rusty and sadly in 09 it was sparks from me your handy chains dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. The debate about sports specialization by high school athletes continues. Some argue that high school athletes who play one sport all year long have a better chance of landing a lucrative pro contract. But that's simply not true. In fact, 30 of the 32 first-round picks in last year's NFL draft played more than one sport in high school. Of the 32 players drafted, 22 also participated in high school track and field. 19 also played basketball. Some also played baseball and lacrosse. What's the path to success for high school athletes here in Colorado? No matter what their goals might be, study hard. Always do your best, and if you can, play more than one sport in high school. This message presented by the Colorado High School Activities Association and the Colorado Athletic Directors Association. KMSA 91.3 FM, Grand Junction. The funny thing about Denver sports fans is that we will always make it about Colorado, no matter what. And I and yeah, I, I can I can preach for that. One. It doesn't matter if you're in the playoffs, out of the playoffs, seven and nine, four and twelve, in the Super Bowl, out of the Super Bowl. It doesn't even matter because Denver sports fans will always say, "Hey, but Broncos this, but Broncos that." Specifically Broncos. It's always Broncos. I think when it comes to the Broncos, everybody's like, eh, it's, you know, it's, you know, we don't know it's about us, but, you know, technically it's it's about us. Yeah, it's about us. Come on. It's always about us. Yep. And when it comes to Denver. Yeah, this, you even managed to turn this discussion into a Denver Broncos uh, rant, kind of. I will not. San Francisco has turned into the Denver Broncos 2.0. I won't. <laughs> I didn't say that. It's right here in I your notes. I, I didn't say that. Okay, I said that. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> I was like, come on, man, just it, admit it. <laughs> I know we wanted to bold it in the notes, too. Let's let's be honest, okay? Let's be honest. I don't think any of us are unhappy with this game that will be played in Hard Rock Stadium in Miami on February 2nd. No, I think it's going to be a really good it's one. the game we all deserve. The MVP from last year versus a team who went 4-12 and last year. San Francisco... God, I can't believe you San that. Francisco... Don't, don't say it. We, I already said this. Okay. 
San Francisco has turned into the Denver Broncos 2.0. And there we go, full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, this team has turned into the potential team that the Denver Broncos should be. And there it is. Right now. Now we've gone full circle. I'm just, what? (laughs) Don't I have some, some, uh, some leeway when I say that? No. Okay, hold on. I'm I'm pulling up. Uh, a th- here we go. I have a list right here of all the San Francisco 49ers that are at least former Denver Broncos. Something that will be a part of the Super Bowl this week. Okay, just because you, you, had, you John, had nothing better to we'll, do. We'll start. Up, no, this no. This is by the Denver Broncos reporter who did this <laughs> from the Athletic. Again, because you guys had nothing better to do. John Lynch. Okay, the GM of the 49ers. Former Denver Broncos safety should be in the Hall of Fame this year. Adam Peters, uh, f- vice president of player personnel, former Denver Broncos director of college scouting. Dustin Little, the head athletic trainer, was an athletic trainer for the Denver Broncos. Kyle Shanahan, head coach, uh, former Broncos ball boy, <laughs> and son of head coach Mike Shanahan, potential former first or p- p- potential former head coach of the Denver Broncos. We passed up on him. Bobby Turner, running backs coach. Mike McDaniel, the run game coordinator. Wes Welker. Wes Welker. Oh, that's where that, he disappeared to. Right? I was looking wide at receiver, his computer. Wide that receivers coach, me. former Denver Broncos wide receiver. Joe Woods, our former DB coach and defensive coordinator. Uh, Joe Embry, Taylor Embry, who work on the offense. Bobby Skolik, offensive assistant. John Benton, Emmanuel Sanders, and Ben Garland are the other former players to be playing in this game. By the way, Ben Garland, his third Super Bowl ever, as well as Emmanuel Sanders, which is pretty good. You know, you keep saying this, the Kyle, the Broncos passed up on Kyle Shanahan. But again, I'm going to say it again. We, I said it before the show. You really? Kyle <laughs> Shanahan passed on the Broncos. <sighs> it was not the other no. way around. John Elway didn't want Kyle. There was probably some politics behind this. Definitely some I, politics behind this. There was this. definitely politics behind this. Definitely politics behind this. Kyle Shanahan gave one of the best interviews out of any of coaching applicants <laughs> that year. Kyle Shanahan gave one of the best interviews. He blew the guys out of the water. John Elway has always been in the mindset of we want to win now, okay? Mm -hmm. Vance Joseph, I don't know why we hired Vance Joseph. I don't don't know know why we didn't hire him over Kyle Shanahan. We didn't even offer Kyle Shanahan the job. Elway was like, you know what? We're going to go with Vance. He pulled the trigger quick on Vance Joseph saying, oh, he's a leader of men. He can win now, win now, win now, leader of men, whatever. Because Kyle Shanahan told him he didn't want to coach the Denver That's Broncos. not true. If he didn't want to coach, you wouldn't have interviewed. You take every interview. That's just what you do. Unless you're Josh McDaniels. That's no, true. I thought he interviewed. He interviewed, but he, interviewed. But I, he also turned out a lot of But he I still just, took the interview. Cal, you can't say okay, that. Just, there was a consensus that Kyle Shanahan had the potential to be the Denver Broncos head coach, and fans know that. Okay. John Elway okay. was that, trending on Twitter. Potential. John Elway was trending on Twitter after the NFC Championship game with fans saying, Elway sucks. We miss Shanahan. Elway sucks. I am sure that John Elway was watching the 49ers demolish the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game and I saying, sure you know what? So. That's the offense we should have been running. I but sure hope so. That is what I've been missing. And with Vance Joseph, he knew he made a mistake. He knew hey. he made a mistake. Oh, did he? Yes. You it, know took, what, Jerry? It, it took him a few years you know to get rid of you, Vance Joseph. I don't, don't You seasons. on your high horse over there being a Seattle Seahawks no, fan. No, 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 no. Don't even bring the fact that I'm not a Broncos fan into this. I have sat here and I've listened to all. I, I've sat here. I've been a part of the interviews. I've listened to Matt go on tirades. I've been a part of this. <laughs> I have I have put in some advice. Some not advice, but more my opinions on this. So I don't want to hear any of that. I know okay. you're just going to sit over there on your high horse. How's that a high horse? Went over 500. I think the Seahawks were what? 11 and 5, 12 and 4 this year? 12 and 4. Oh, I hate you. No. Yeah, 12 okay. and 4. We had the same record as the Chiefs. Back on track. Yeah, back, back on, on track. track. Super Bowl. <laughs> back Super on track. Super Bowl 54. The big, the, big, the big topic of discussion is everybody calling Kyle Shanahan a genius. The guy who weathered He's the storm the genius. went 4-12 and 12 last year. Yeah. The team that he w- is built, uh, the team that he has built is looking to bring San Fran back to the promised land. This man is a genius. Just watch a any sideline video of him talking to the ref saying, hey, they're going to run this, this, and this. My team's going to stop them this way. And then they happen exactly like that. You ever thought Tony Romo was great at calling plays precursor to the snap? Kyle Shanahan. See, 
I th- I was really impressed with that. But I also feel like he had seen it happen so many well, times. Yeah, he's a coach, but that he but, that uh, that he obviously. But normally, knew but normally the coaches can give like, hey, they're either going to yeah. run one of these three plays. Kyle Shanahan was very specific with what's very with what's going to happen. He was a bit. Yeah, I will give you that. Well, you also have to take into consideration Kyle Shanahan, like Matt said, grew up. His father was the head coach of the Broncos for a while. Uh, so we, his football knowledge is, is out, is is out up the freaking there. wazoo. I was watching the Pat McAfee show today, and he said that the Shanahan's just know how to break the rules of a defense. Yeah. And I, I don't think it could be said any better. That's, they just know how to break the rules of the opposing team's well, defense. Well, and then you, you look at who Kyle Shanahan was able to bring in for the San Francisco de- defense, and that goes to show how much of a of a genius he is. You know, you bring in guys like Nick Bosa, you know, D Ford. You get that great front front seven, and Tony then you Coleman. and then you, and then you build a good secondary around it. I'm, you know, Matt says they're the Denver Broncos too. Why not? I say San Francisco looks like what the Rams should have been last year, or what the Rams were, like but better. Game. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. <sighs> Raiders and, and, and probably, instead but. of instead of putting all their chips on the table right away like the like the Rams did, they kind of sat back and built it up built it up a little bit. When we look at the four and twelve season, Jimmy Garoppolo tearing his ACL, missing almost the entire season last year, and he did miss the entire season last year. He played in the preseason. Yeah, that don't count. He missed the entire regular season last year. <laughs> There you go. And you had guys like I don't even remember who the freaking quarterback was last year. They had to they it had was, to go uh, to like a four string quarterback. Yeah, and, uh, Nick Mullins. Yeah, was the quarterback for a it's, while. Anyways, anyways, that anyway. that sacrifice that was made by the 49ers has been able to bring them to this accumulation of a Super Bowl Fifty Four appearance. Kyle Shanahan said everything happens for a reason, and you need to get good players in. Some def- uh, some difference makers, and Bosa has definitely been a difference maker. When you look at 49ers with what they've done, that 4-12 record last year was the ability to have them get Nick Bosa, who's been the huge difference maker for the team this year. I mean, come on. Like, this man has been absolutely outstanding. Kyle Shanahan finished his quote saying, I'm very glad we have him. I don't wish 4-12 on anybody, but after, go- but after going through it, it was nice what it brought us. He is talking about the man that is Nick Bosa. Have you seen this guy? I, I like how you have it in all caps here in the notes. I feel like you were going to yell it. Me too. You were, um, I feel like you were going to yell, he is talking about the man that is Nick Bosa, but you just, you know. Bosa also, is... their quarterback last year was C.J. Beathard. There you go. Oh, my gosh. Right. Right. Who, it, cared, who cared about the 49ers last year, man? Not Nobody. me. Jack, but then again, I don't care about the 49ers, period. Because division fair. division rivals. All right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But I can I really respect. Can we can. address something real quick? Yes. Can we address something real quick? Jerry, are you happy that the 49ers won the, are in the Super Bowl this year? I mean, are uh, you happy are that you... It, are you happy that a division rival has a potential to be the most winningest franchise Super Bowl wise, at least tied with the Steelers and the Patriots after this year? A team okay. who is the in the exact same division as your team. Okay. Th- this is what I have to say about this. I I may not be the biggest fan of San Francisco at all. In fact, San Francisco in the whole division, I like San Francisco the least. But I will say I respect what they have done and what they've built Do you to want make them it to win? Su- I see them winning, but I have my reasons for why I can't. Are you City rooting for them? But I'm not rooting for Kansas City either. I He's don't care. He's turning this to me, Jerry. You're good. I don't care. <laughs> this is – I'm just going to say – I'm I, getting somewhere with this. <laughs> I, I respect where San Francisco's done, gone. I may not like Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. I I personally just don't see him as a guy to go to. Are you rooting for the 49ers? No. I just said are no. You, okay. I just said okay. no, but I'm are not root- rooting for Kansas City. Okay, so you're not rooting for the team that is your division rival? No. Thank you. Thank you. If you are a fan of a football team and you are rooting for your division rival who is in the Super Bowl, who you've been making jokes for the last 50 years saying, oh, you haven't been in the Super Bowl in 50 years, and they're in the Super Bowl, you can't make those jokes anymore. I don't make those jokes. But then I can at least say, though, <laughs> I can at least say, though, from looking at this as as the way as sports. Josh is a Broncos person, fan and is going for the Chiefs. As sports personalities, as 
you know, we have to look at things critically. I see San Francisco winning this. But I'm just trying to I'm just trying to say, Jerry, as a I'm just trying to say the great Pat Bullen once said, if you root for a division rival in the Super Bowl, you're not a true fan of that team. I'm not I'm not I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not pointing fingers. But and you I, come know, on, hold on. But hold come on, on Josh. You want to know the entire reasoning why I'm cheering for the Chiefs. And I told you this before the show, but it just didn't resonate. You can apparently. say you can my, say I think they're gonna win. No, no. My one of my buddies up here who I go to school with, I see him almost every single day, is a 49ers fan. And I have been making fun of him for the last, I don't even know how many years, of the 49ers just have been terrible. I've made fun of him relentlessly for it. And I cannot, cannot go back on that. So I will go down with the Chiefs so the 49ers do not win. Yeah, Josh, I'm you, to take you that. dug yourself into a hole, man. I did. Don't keep did. digging. Don't keep <laughs> Okay, can we not look at this from a fan point? Because I feel like this is where we're going to get off topic here. This is good radio, Jerry. Stop well, talking. It, okay. It's good. Topic. It is good radio, but let's let's look at let's I'm look just, at okay, this. Okay, I know, I know, I know. Let's we look got, at this we got logistically. A whole thing. We, we got a whole thing. We got a whole thing. And you I know do what? think the 49ers will win, though. Thank you. Critically, if I'm thinking about it, I don't think the Chiefs are going to win. I just I'm, want them to. I am combining my dislike for the Chiefs combined with my analytical perspective. Rooting for the 49ers, I so, have with full that confidence is so that they're going to bad win. to like pick a team based on. Oh, I'm combining my feelings and this analysis. Regardless <laughs> of feelings, I think the 49ers are going to win. Yeah, probably. They have the better defense, and when it, let me give you this set. Let me give you this out quick, okay? According to ESPN Analytics, um, actually no, this is according to the Athletic. Over the last 25 Super Bowl winners, starting with the 1994 Niners, a top level defense has made the Super Bowl 15 times. That top-level defense is defined as one of the as one that finished in the regular season in the top five of three categories of these five categories. Points allowed, yards allowed, yards per play allowed, takeaways, and sacks. Of those 15 teams, 10 have won the Super Bowl. The 49ers fit into that category of a top defense as they finished in the top three of those five categories. This defense is something else. Yeah. yeah. This defense is something else. This defense is not the Packers' defense. This defense is not the Titans' defense. Those defenses would have no chance to stop the Chiefs, and we saw what the Chiefs did to the Titans. Yeah. Patrick yeah. Mahomes is insane. He's so good. See, this is this is where this is where I have to where I look at this, and I'm and I hesitate to even make a prediction here. Patrick Mahomes is such is a really talented quarterback. He is able to find slip away from what seems like guaranteed sacks and he makes these big plays and he's able to keep you know run the ball and make you know make every anything happen and i you know this san francisco's front seven is really good they're able to get you know they with with d ford and nick bosa on the field they're combined for a 17.3 percent sack percentage or sack rate and but patrick mahomes is good at has that good offensive line who can really who can give him enough time to find plays where this game I feel is going to come down to is can Kansas City's defense stop um, Mostert and if they find a way to do it like they did yes. like they put a stop to Derrick Henry it's gonna that'll be a difference maker and they're Coleman, gonna Tevin Coleman will also be playing as well he separated his shoulder he's listed as questionable he will more than likely play well they have Matt Breida as well I'm yeah. assuming so yeah, but i I feel like if, I feel like if you're San Francisco though, you're gonna go with a guy who had a history game in the. Can we talk about Mostert real quick? Can yeah. we just quickly yeah. mention him with what he did? Yeah, that guy had prop. I, I don't. It's it's not analytically the best Super Bowl or sorry Super Bowl championship championship performance out of anybody in the history of the playoffs, but it's up there as one of the top five, as one of the top five over 220 yards, four touchdowns. Four of those touchdowns, all four of those touchdowns were in the first half. Absolutely crazy. This guy who was cut by six different teams and somehow has turned into one of the best utility players since Darren Sproles. Yeah. That guy's crazy. Yeah, and I, I honestly feel like, you know, you could sit, yeah, Te, uh, Tevin Coleman will be playing, but I feel like if if Green, if Kansas City can find a way to stop him and or just pretty much stop the run in general. They're gonna put that pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to have to make him win this game. And I see Kansas City may not have the best defense, and the fact they may they may not have 
a, a good defense. They have their what, defense. They have peaking okay. at the right time. Though, yeah, and that's what matters. Yeah, and I could see them make, keeping this game interesting. And, and this is fun. Fun to look at. I'm looking at the 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 game cast uh, for the Super Bowl. And I'm looking at the season leaders for passing yards. You have Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy G. And then for receiving, you have Tra- Travis Kel- Kelsey versus George Kittle. Those four right there, if the run game, if Kansas City's defense stops the run game, those J- Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle, those are going to be the only way San Francisco can even think of winning the Super Bowl. What about the 49ers defense? Their defense can't. What about the 49ers defense, though? It'll be it, they will be able to make plays, but I feel like Patrick Mahomes at the time to- at this time is going to be able to. Can I? He, he, I feel like he'll be able to sneak away and make the big plays when they count the most. Can I give you another um, stat? Because I'm just a stat guy. Yeah, go ahead. Of course. According to ESPN stats and information research, when the 49ers have Bosa. Ford, Eric Armstead, and DeForest Buckner on the field together this postseason, they've allowed a QBR of 0.7. 0.7. Lowest possible QBR is zero. Armstead, 10 sacks. Bosa, 9 sacks. Buckner, 7.5 sacks. And Ford, 6.5 sacks combined to make the 49ers the only team in the NFL with four or more players with at least 6.5 sacks. San Fran has 44 sacks from first-round picks this season and according to the same ESPN stat department is tied for most in a season since sacks became an official stat. One more for you. Without D. Ford and Nick Bosa on the field, the 49ers defense has a percentage pressure of 28% with a 5.3 sack rate with those two, 40% in percentage pressure, and a 17.3 sack rate with D. Ford and Nick Bosa. Those two are going to be the most important players on the field for San Francisco. on Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, well, for San Francisco. I think in general. In general. Uh, and being I'll able, being able, to, con- being able, to, being able to contain Patrick yeah, Mahomes, get pressure on Travis Kelsey mm-hmm. off the line, forcing him yep. off his route. Those two are going to have significant chances of being a difference maker in this game. The- I, my my thing for this is, I in this in the in the playoffs this season, the Kansas City Chiefs have only allowed two sacks. And granted, you can say the say what you want about the defenses. To only allow two sacks, in you know, in the postseason, that's amazing for the for the Chiefs, and I feel Patrick Mahomes has enough talent who he can really avoid find a way to avoid those guys for a, a good enough amount of time in order for them to for, in order to make those big plays that really matter. Uh, I I agree with you, Jerry. I think the key to this game is gonna be Andy Reid. Because we've literally everybody I know for a fact has made the joke of Andy Reid can't win the big one. He gets there, yeah, he can't. Never, I've never made that joke. Yeah, yeah. That was a you never made that um, joke out loud. But, <laughs> but we know Andy Reid is relentless off the bye week, and he has two weeks to prepare. That's one extra week for him to just sit back during this Pro Bowl time. Eat a cheeseburger. (laughs) Eat a cheeseburger and make a 1,000 new plays. So I think that Andy Reid having this extra week that he doesn't get all the time is great for the Chiefs because it allows him to create new plays that get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands quickly because that is going to be the key. He loves to improvise and make plays with his feet and extend plays with his feet. But if he does what he normally does and scrambles, or not scrambles, but tries to extend the play with his feet and runs back 20 yards, he's going to take a sack, and this game is going to be won resoundingly by the 49ers. Like, it's not even going to be close. But if he can get the ball out of his hands quickly and get it into the hands of, like, the fastest people in the NFL, and Nicole Hardman and Tyreek Hill... And even Travis Kelsey is much faster than he looks. If he can get it into the hands of his playmakers, this game is going to be interesting. And I think that if it's close down the stretch, the Chiefs win it. Yeah. San Francisco, I can see realistically winning this game. But San Francisco has to come out swinging, and they have to to get extend that lead. Big time, like they have to. They have to go up early. And even if they don't, they have to control the line of scrimmage on both sides to to win. And the Chiefs, they can score so quickly that I don't think it matters 
as much for them to control all facets of the game because they are pretty much always in it. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I know you want me to jump in there. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm trying to find something else. Sorry, I'm prepping all this stuff on the Nuggets game, looking at it. I'm very excited to see MPJ versus uh, Zion. That's what Twitter has been lighting up with. That game starts at, at 6. Go watch that if you actually have altitude because altitude doesn't work with Comcast. No, the 49ers are just a third team in NFL history to reach the Super Bowl after winning four or fewer games the season before. They went 4-12, and 12, finishing third in the NFC West in 2018. I think that stat alone is super impressive with what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have done with this team. 4-12, and 12, two potential Super Bowl champions. Yeah, the, and I'm, I'm going to drop this here. We, we, we were talking about, you know, uh, that the front seven for San Francisco – you know they've they obviously are that is a power uh powerful front seven there for San Francisco and but Patrick Mahomes throughout you know he's he has only been sacked twice in the postseason but just to look at stats he was only sacked 25 times in the regular season and say what you will that's a good number for a quarterback in and the offensive line has really been able to help you know cushion Patrick Mahomes and you know that also comes down to his ability as a playmaker to make the big plays when they count the most and I see Patrick Mahomes being a little slippery going into the Super Bowl and I feel like he's going to have a big impact on the, on this game and looking for or excuse me Patrick Mahomes was only sacked 17 times I misread that correction um you're okay <laughs> we forgive you. We fo- you forgive me. I I see Patrick Mahomes having a big game, and I really think Kansas City can pull it off if they can find a way to stop San Francisco's defense. This, that's going to be key number one. The second key is going to be is going to be Kansas City's defense stopping the run game for San Francisco and forcing Jimmy Garoppolo to win the big game himself. I think the key for the Chiefs' defense is force at least one turnover. I think they're going to force at least two. Um, But if they can force those turnovers and possibly score off one or get a good chunk chunk of yardage and set the Chiefs up for a short, short field kind of situation where they can score pretty easily, where it's almost guaranteed points, if they can get a couple of those, I think this game, the momentum switches way too quickly for the 49ers to really kind of catch it and I don't and I think it slips from their hands if that happens. I'm going to save all my thoughts for next week. Next week gonna? will be, probably be when we have to do the official predictions, but I've just I'm what's gonna... going into it, it's I I honestly you know, ESPN has their matchup predictor and they they give the edge to Kansas City. I honestly say this game's almost too close to call. This it's, game is too close to it's call. Because ri- it's- there's a lot of talent on both sides, and pretty much anything can happen at any time in this in this matchup. Well, and the spread is a point and a half. I don't under I don't understand the They're predicting Kansas City to win by a, a point and a half. Okay. Not a big spread. No. Not a big not spread. I'm gonna go back to that defensive stat. Ten out of the last fifteen times a, a top defense has been in the Super Bowl. That defense has won. So my take, Kansas City will lose to the 49ers via that defense. Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and Robert Sella, the defensive coordinator, will demolish Patrick Mahomes. Of course, I'm just using, using big words. I don't think that's actually going to happen. Patrick Mahomes is going to have a fantastic game. This game is going to come down to the wire. Probably going to be within a five-point game. Also, but, did you guys see that Buffs is doing a deal where if the game goes into overtime, you get free wings? Going to B-dubs. I'm going to Buffs. Hmm. Buffalo Wild Wings. Just Next week. For those who don't call it Buffs. Next week. It's B-dubs. <laughs> I was week. real confused. Next I call week. it Buffs. I'm trying to end it, guys. Oh, are we? Because, yes. Are we over? Out of time? Yeah, it's 6 o'clock. Oh. Next week. Join us same time, same place. Super Bowl week. Next week. We're going to preview and predict the Super Bowl 54 matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers one more time. And we'll give you our official predictions, which me and Jerry have sucked at. Can I year. not give a prediction? Because anytime I give a prediction, <laughs> I just... I I'm, I'm gonna silly. say I'm gonna say the wrong prediction just to just to be wrong. I'm gonna say Kansas City wins it by thirty. And then, <laughs> Dude, what if that actually happens? Stop. Though? All right, fine. I won't say anything then. Predictions are almost. <laughs> it's risky with us this it, year. Yeah, because me and you have made a lot of predictions, and boy, have we been wrong. Very, very wrong. I've been wrong as of late as well. No, so. no. 
uh, Josh, before you had joined us, uh, we were talking baseball, and we made the prediction that what? That the Rockies would win over... 90 games. 90 games. We made the prediction that... (laughs) That the <laughs> that the Dodgers were going to make it to the World Series, I or at I least mean, that was least my that prediction. More reasonable than the Rockies winning ninety games. Yeah, they did it the year before. Yeah. It we, wasn't too far fetched. We, we I don't. We don't made so many predictions, and boy, were we this wrong. Year I'm not going to say that. I, oh, I don't the, blame you for that the, at all. This was one that that me and Matt should really be embarrassed about. Cleveland Browns win their division and go to the championship. Okay, nobody predicted Lamar Jackson. We can't. We can't fault ourselves for that. Just okay. don't. Just don't bring it up. Don't say. <laughs> don't don't, about t- it. don't talk about. It. Don't talk about. It. Don't talk about. It. Nobody no, accounts for Lamar next Jackson. week. Super Bowl Fifty Four previews and predictions, along with some, hopefully some uh, some esteemed guests, which we will try to get for you. Matt Kennedy, Jared Peralta, Josh Coleman. Wired up. See you next time.